It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Phone number out there is uh, 248-539-9797. You can use uh, ticket text as well. It's 97136. We'd love to hear from you tonight. It's the final Tiger Talk show of the office. It's the final one. And now we get to play some games. Games that don't mean a whole lot, but the games begin. Well, I always look forward to it. I told you this for several weeks. I tell you this every year uh, we do the show. I always look forward to your first broadcast of the spring. I look forward to all of them. Um, but uh, that particular first one always has a special place. It does. And I think there's going to be – they're truly – I mean, there's, there's going to be a buzz in that ballpark because what they've done down there, and I have not looked at it yet, but everybody's just raving about it. I think fans are going to be excited to see it, uh, see that first game. We're going to be doing 21 games uh, – on either the AM or FM this spring, and uh, what is it, 34, 35 games total. It's going to be a fun spring. I think there's, there's, you know, you and I were talking before the show, Pat, there's there's a lot to look at and think about and position battles and things you want to see in terms of young players develop. I want to get a good look at Mikey Matuk. There will be definitely some things to watch that will be, I think, quite interesting and will have a big impact on this team in, in 2017. Well, I think uh, when it comes down to it, I think you look at the what the position battles will be. I think center field is one that I think Mikey Matuk is, just from what I know, uh, you know, I've been told, Mikey Matuk's going to be their center field unless he loses the job. Right. Um, they're going to portray it as a competition, and they should. And they should. But Mikey Matuk's definitely, I would say, probably the most accurate way to say that, definitely has the inside track in the position. If he plays reasonably well, shows athleticism like they expect, uh, he's going to get the job. Um, and it doesn't matter if Jacoby Jones hits 666. If Mikey Matuck is okay. He's going to be Great. the guy. And then um, I think with pitching, it's going to be interesting. I wonder if – to me, there's no way that Joe Jimenez can pitch his way onto the staff. Really? See, I, I want to see him. I, I think he could absolutely force his way on. But I'm convinced that they're not going to do that. I'm convinced they're going to start his clock as late as they possibly can, and that's what this is all about. And if that's unfair to them, fine. But I've gone back and forth with them, as you know, about <laughs> Joey Menez and why he wasn't up last year and why they didn't bring him into the major leagues last year. And I'm convinced it's the clock thing. They might even want to start that clock Put it this way, as late by, as possible. By May 1st, Menez is on this roster. How about that for a prediction? Uh, and I think he is the most impactful player that was not on the team last year. Well, I think super. You got to look at whether he's going to go past the status that they think it'll be a super two, and then I think they'll bring him up if he pitches well. Yeah. But I don't think he's going to go down there if he could. It, it, to them, it might be a convenient thing if he doesn't have that good a spring and he gets knocked around a little bit, but doesn't get hurt, and that they can move him down there and do that, and that they're going to try their bullpen as it is right now. They'll try to sort out a few of the fellows that they got that were last year albatrosses around their yep. neck. Pelfrey. Pelfrey, Lowen, Sanchez. You know, and That's what's $30 million dollars in payroll. And I wonder if it's inevitable that one of those three guys will be cut before the end of spring. I just don't see how you keep all three. I'm not even sure how you can keep two of the three. I really don't. 
Here's the thing about spring training. I think you you cannot tell how good a hitter a young player is. Absolutely you, you not. You cannot tell. No. You cannot tell if an injured veteran is going to have a big year because he's having a good spring. You cannot because they're facing the majority of the at-bats are against double-A AA and triple-A pitchers or they're facing a starting pitcher who's just trying to work on his fastball today. I, I'm not going to say the writer, but the most ridiculous thing I ever saw is somebody who was making a big deal out of a, a player because he got a home run off of Greg Maddox. <laughs> in spring I'm like, you know, I mean, Greg Maddox is grooving the ball. Man. The one thing you can tell about pitching, and I don't think they look at results nearly as much as what stuff does this. And, again, we're talking about someone like Lowe, who has to be better this year, or someone like Jimenez. Jimenez does this stuff really get out major leaguers? And I think you can tell that. But think about Mark Lowe. Think about if you're the Tigers trying to figure out if you want to pay Mark Lowe, well, they're going to pay him $5 million, if you want him on your roster this year. He's not going to be throwing 95 in spring training. He always builds up toward the end. And I mean, how are you going to tell if Mark Lowe is back to being the Mark Lowe of 2015? Right. You won't be able to, probably. You can tell defense. I think that's absolutely something you can tell. And right. I'm really looking forward to seeing Jacoby Jones, Mikey Matuk in center field, even Tyler Collins, who, you know, he's, he worked on his speed this year. He's not a good center fielder, or he's not an above-average center fielder. He's average. Let's call it average, maybe a tick below, based on the numbers. I want to see if he can go get it. But really, it's Jacone, uh, Jacoby Jones and Matuk. You can tell. It's 420 feet. It's a big center field in, at uh, Lakeland. It's windy, high sky. It challenges you, and I think that's something you can see in spring, and that's probably one of the most interesting things I want to see. And then the other big things I want to see, the health of Jordan Zimmerman yeah, and the health of Daniel Norris because, to me, the only thing holding back Daniel Norris is health. And he's had injury problems the last two years since the Tigers traded for him in 2015. Uh, 248-539-9797 is the phone number. What do you think uh, about that? Also, I thought I'd put this out there. Um, you know, you look at the Tigers, they got premier guys. Miguel Cabrera, if he didn't play another game, would be a Hall of Famer. I think I would give him my vote. He's already done enough for that, if you look at him uh, statistically. But, you know, Justin Verlander, bounce back here, put him in Hall of Fame. He's on the Hall of Fame now. track again. Yes, and uh, you have others, you know, borderline type of guys. Ian Kinsler, surprisingly, if you go metrically. Uh, Victor Martinez, if you go and you look at it in a more conventional sense. But they have a lot of valuable players, uh, traditional stars. Now, I wanted to ask you all, though, this. Who's the most valuable player on the Tigers right now heading into this season? Is it Miggy? Is it JV? Is it somebody else? Uh, Dan and I will answer that question coming up at 720. But what do you think? Who's the MVP of the Tigers now, 248-539-9797? And one thing, and I know everybody's been looking forward to this ever since we started Tiger Talk, we will be doing our predictions for <laughs> for wins this year. And as I talked about last year, and I would love fans to call and or at least try this exercise, which is trying to predict a win total based on your assessment of the individual war, wins above replacement for each player. Well, where, where are you Why is right that now? useful? Because if you can accurately predict it, you can absolutely accurately predict where that team win total will be. It's a useful exercise because we're all trying to figure out how good is this team, right? Every spring, how good is this team? Well, when you start looking at the individual war of players, you realize, okay, this team does have a lot of guys with a lot of talent. Now, you and I were talking, is it J.D. Martinez a 4-5 war player or 1-8? Those were his last two years. 
probably somewhere in between. But if you can figure those things out, you can come very close to figuring out the win total for the Tigers. We'll go through that exercise and just a, a little bit to give a feel for how I look at this team and, and you as well. Well, this is how I look at it. I'll come right out and say this. I think they're going to win 89 games. That's yeah, Now, look, that that's like my prediction 1.0. Uh, yeah, it's early. It's been training. The games haven't even started yet. So uh, yeah, I reserve the right. If to Jordan change. Zimmerman can't turn his head to the left by the end of spring training, you're going to revise that downward. Yeah, or they have some other injuries or something bizarre, or they acquire somebody unexpectedly, right. and who knows. Uh, but I, I will go with 89 wins. And the reason is, is we'll look at it metrically. Last year they had four players, Miguel Cabrera, Justin Verlander, Michael Fulmer and uh, Ian Kinsler. Kinsler. Those four players, uh, they were plus uh, 37 and wins above replacement. Those guys were 20 of that plus 37, according to the baseball reference version. Which is a very high percentage in a minimal number of guys. I reasonably expect Upton to be better that way. Yes. Reasonably expect, because they were injured into the cumulative number, I reasonably expect Castellanos and... J.D. Martinez to be better. And I'd look at pitchers like Norris and some others to be better that way. Now, do I expect a little bit of a drop-off in a couple situations? Mm-hmm. Maybe with Fulmer, a little bit. You know, I mean, Fulmer, yeah, likely, the odds say he'll drop back, but he, let's say he drops back to five. Exactly. That's still a very valuable pitch. But I do, they won 86 games with that. I do reasonably think, if they remain reasonably healthy, that they will uh, win two or three more games uh, than they did last year because of that reason that I just gave you. Yeah. Metrically. And I'm with you. I've, I've learned that in trying to do this, always subtract from where I think the war adds up to. I've got them right around 90, so I'm going to subtract two because, again, just the unforeseen. I've got them at 88 right now with certainly the potential to win 90, and I think that's important because 90 almost always gets you into the postseason. That potential is there. Some teams, if you did the same exercise with the Chicago White Sox, you couldn't come up with 90 wins or 85 no. wins in any scenario, no. unless you're just pie-in-the-sky projections. Maybe the Twins. You'd but this is, this is based on, as you said, track records for guys like Martinez, track records for guys like Upton. You can reasonably say 88 to 90. I'll go with 88. There you go. That's our number. Dan's got 88. I got 89. What do you think? Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. Also, who's the MVP of the Tigers at this point? Dan and I will give you our answer at seven twenty seven forty five. Gold Glove winning second baseman Ian Kinsler will join us. You're listening to the Tiger Talk here on ninety seven won the ticket. Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and Dan Dickerson on Tigers Radio ninety seven won the ticket. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. Hey, it's great to be in here talking some baseball. The weather's been really, really nice, and you know, it reminded me when I was a kid. Now, days like this, oh. I'll be out and I'd throw and throw and throw, and <laughs> just couldn't wait to get outside. Oh yeah, you know, and it was just a big deal to just be able to go outside and practice. So, uh, thinking a lot about baseball. It wasn't nicer here in Detroit than it was in Lakeland. I looked yesterday; it was eighty degrees, but uh, Lakeland uh, can get a little chilly. There have been times. You know, and they do this all the time, and, and it it's always draws a big cheer. You know this. Oh, yeah. The Joker March in Stadium, and they do this every game. Yeah, they'll say, and the weather here today in sunny Lakeland, Florida, is 
No, especially that Sandy. They'll do it in Detroit first and is then. Sandy, is Sandy still the PA guy? No, or? Sandy passed away, sadly. Sandy passed away. Yeah. Okay, but you get up there and you go, 78 degrees here in Lakeland. And uh, the crowd go, and back in Detroit, it's 24 <laughs> and snowing. Oh, everybody get all excited. Not so much like that here. <laughs> At least not right now. Yeah. I would love to hear from fans, though. Would they? Because I would say the national feeling about these Tigers is I see mostly kind of in the 80 to 83 range. That's basically what I, I'm seeing in most predictions. I think the over-under in Vegas is somebody told me today 84, 85. I'd love to hear what fans think. Are you more optimistic than the national feeling about these Tigers, or do you have great reservations? And if so, what are they? The thing that I get asked about a lot, and I'm sure you'd had this discussion more than a few times. To me, Sanchez, Pelfrey, and Lowe are big decisions for the Tigers this year. It's not easy for Alex or Alavila, or Alex, no, Alavila, when you're paying those guys $30 million to just, as you said, just maybe let one go before the season even begins. Did you read your baseball prospectus yet? I did get it in the mail. Did you uh, check out? Home. Did you check out what we talked about last week, where they yes, talked about how Sanchez, Pelfrey, yeah. and uh, Lowe yeah. so much better after July first? Yeah. Not really. Not Pelfrey. <laughs> yeah, Lowe was, but again, we've talked about it. I mean, he was truly. I mean, I'm not making fun of him, but he was pitching in games where they were up six or down six. Right. I mean, he was a big difference, and that's, that is a big difference. And hey, if he got his confidence back and at least the good things this year, that's great. But it, I think those are three big decisions because it, it, again, if you're feeling we have to give Sanchez that chance because he's making 16 million this year, then you're probably sending Matt Boyd back to Triple A Toledo. Um, if you're keeping Mark Lowe because you're paying him $5 million this year, that means somebody else is not going to make that final seven in the bullpen. And really, there's only one spot up for grabs. To me, it's six guys and then Pelfrey, Lowe, Jimenez leading the way for that seventh spot. 248 is the phone number. Hey, Jim, you're on 97-1, the ticket. What's up, Jim? Hey, Pat, how you doing? I uh, just wanted to ask Dan a question. It's been bugging me for uh, last year or whatever. And... Uh, Pitches call as far as, uh, say, Verlander on the mound and everything else. Verlander's calling his own game. He's not getting uh, what pitches to be told to by Osmus, is he? Oh, no. Osmus never calls pitches from the he dugout. Mate, I mean, once in a while, usually throws to first are often called from the dugout uh, by okay. a pitcher, in other words. Uh, but, no, the, the catcher's calling it. And like you say, a veteran pitcher like Verlander is basically calling his own game. I know David Price basically called his own game because the catcher knew exactly what to put down, uh, or David Price would basically, you know, make it clear what he wanted to throw before that sign was ever put down. So, yeah, I mean, in a way, that's true. But, no, the catcher is calling a game, and that's why Brad Ausmus has emphasized more than any other the biggest skill that he thinks a catcher acquires, and it takes time. But the most important skill for a catcher is calling a game. And it takes, well, he says, it took him four to five years. You look at the, the signs over there, and I'm going, I'm hoping they're calling their own game or the catch. Oh, yeah, they do. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. All right. Appreciate Thank it, you, Jim. Four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven is the phone number. Joe, you're on Tiger Talk at 97-1 the ticket. What's up, Joe? Hey, you guys don't really see it. The Tigers stay healthy. Them hitting 91 wins this year. Healthy. No, I, I think the upside is absolutely in the low 90s. I just can't. Yeah, I, I mean, can't call it right year. now based on the last couple of years. But yeah, well, you're right. Health you're is, right. You can't. You can't predict the future, though. They. they it's fun to try. Which is what we're trying to do. That's what we're trying to do. I get it. 
I well, you know, I can, I can see, uh, Joe, where, you know, and I'm not trying to be pessimistic. It's, you know, 89 wins, it's a few more than they had last year and all that. But I, I see a team that still has not a lot of left-handed hitters. Other than right. Amart, he's the guy. Uh, you look at it in the bullpen, it was 25th last year, and they didn't add anybody. It's the same cast of characters out there in the bullpen. Um, you know, you can see where defensively, you know, J.D. Martinez and Nick Castellanos are outstanding hitters, but, you know, defensively, uh, the term is statues, at least metrically. Uh, they're not right. good defensive players. And, you know, it's a spacious ballpark, center field, so they're hanging a lot on Mikey Matuk or Jacoby Jones or somebody like that. So there's a few uh, cracks in the armor, so to speak, even as optimistic as I am about it. There's cracks in every armor, and you're right, there is. But offensively, if healthy, they look really good. Their pitching staff looks really freaking good, except for the bullpen. You're correct there. Well, that's a big, that's a big part of it now. It's like saying, well, it you know, is. But if you're in, But if you're in the mix, if you're in the mix, if you're right there at trade deadline, you can bring in a mid-relief pitcher. Then all of a sudden life doesn't look so bad. I mean, you got to get there. You have to get there. So you gotta, you got to compete throughout the year. And you got to stay healthy to do that, and that's a lot of ifs. But man, I can I can really see him having a good year. Yeah, well, you know, there's optimism rings in the spring, and I think Dan, there's been a sense of relief in this town. At least I've sensed it that they didn't break it up, but they are pretty much bringing the band back. Uh, you know, I would agree with you. that tune because I think. Conversations I've had with fans, I think they're happy that they didn't do a whole lot. Yeah, they like this team. They like these players. And one thing, you know this as well, you're with them all the time. This is, we've been in bad clubhouses, you and I. We've seen what bad clubhouses are like. I've seen the worst clubhouse I can ever ever remember seeing, that 2005 team. Now, they're, they're not like that. There is leadership. Their players as highly priced as they are. We have one of mine at 745, Ian Kinzer. They care deeply about whether they win or lose. Yes. That's a big factor. It is. So They're not going to just pull a shoot on the season. Even last year or two years ago, I think they felt a sense of disappointment. Like they let, Even though they're, you know, they're still getting their big fat checks, but they felt a sense of disappointment, of severe disappointment, that they didn't get it done. They're ball players. They are. They're genuine ball players. You know, Jim always says that and sounds right. like a cliché. But I think there's a reality uh, to that. Paul, you're on 97 won the ticket. What's up, Paul? Always a great time, Pat and Dan. I really enjoy the show. Good, thank you. Um, you know, uh, first of all, regarding the bullpen, with the meltdown of Sanchez last year and the untimely injury to Zimmerman, would you two agree that the bullpen was called on just far too often and perhaps got overworked with a lack of talent? Would you agree with that? Um. They definitely logged a lot of innings. Uh, I think it definitely hurt that, you know, you, you went to some, some youngsters, especially Norris and Boyd, who were not going deep into games, although the youngsters really did step up. I mean, it's worth repeating, Norris, Fulmer, and Boyd combined 37 and 20, or at least the team was in their 57 starts. I would think that there's something to that. The one thing I would say about the bullpen, and for a long stretch it was actually pretty good, the improvement, Pat, from 2015 when they gave a lot of innings, to relievers who were hit really hard, meaning opponents had non-base plus slugging over 850. I think we counted up over 300 plate appearances by four different relievers. They didn't have that last year. They really didn't. Their top relievers last year, even if their ERAs jumped, 
were still much harder to hit than in 2015. So they're, yeah. and it's Wilson and it's Green and it's Wilson. Um, there, there are some seeds there of a pretty decent bullpen. Well, I Shane, think Shane Green didn't give up an inherited runner to score out of 20, and his ERA was like five or six or right. something ridiculously high. Yep. So there are okay. some oddities to that. And the other thing too, Paul, just from your point. Uh, there, I think it was a baseball perspective point. Is I think it was after July 1st because Verlander got off to a typically slow start, and Fulmer did not do the rotation for on, three months was top three. Yeah, and uh, yes, at the end, and their overall team ERA was 3.88, which is really good. So if the trends that way this year to start the year instead of having that flip flop, you know they could get out to a fast start. They, they they do have the makings of not just a good starting rotation, but a good staff. I think. I, I mean, agree, you know, and, so. and if this um, if this starting rotation is everything it's cracked up to be, and if Sanchez doesn't show it early on in spring training, Alavilli is going to have some very important decisions. He really will. Well, there's no question about that. It's going to be a big decision, and not easy. You cannot just discount, as much as I want to, <laughs> the $16.8 million Sanchez is going to make. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven is the phone number. It's Tiger Talk at ninety seven one the ticket. Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and Tam Dickerson on Tigers Radio ninety seven one the ticket. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven is the phone number. It's great to be here. It's our final show of the off season. Yeah, I'm, 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 I get very tearful at this. <laughs> that sends me out the door. I can hardly even turn around and say goodbye because I know he's a mess. You know what? I um, always appreciate uh, you. I appreciate the callers. I appreciate the show because uh, by the time it comes on, I'm always itching for You know, I get tons of email on by you. Twitter, hey, when are you guys going to come on with Tiger Talk? January is a perfect time to start. And uh, we enjoy it. And uh, it was just a little weird this year. The weather was a lot nicer than it usually is when we do these shows. And we missed our t- annual either Monday or Tuesday night storms. <laughs> I think we had one. That I didn't was, want to say anything about that because with the final show, I suppose we can say that now. <laughs> yes, now we can. But uh, a lot of times, like, man, we got to drive in here in six, three hours or, you know, the uh, the trek down for uh, the Tiger Fest version of the show. It's like, man, it's like zero out today or lower. And today it was like, hey, they can open up the game here today. It was so nice. But uh, kind of a, a mild uh, winter, at least so far, knocked on wood. Because I know the storms may be coming after I said that. It's kind of like saying the game is going fast, and then you're sure to get extra hands. But enjoy doing the show, and particularly, and uh, we enjoy the calls, and we enjoy the uh, interaction. I love it. Like Jerry, you're on 97 one the ticket, Tiger Talk. What's up? Hey, guys. Good evening. Hey, hey Jerry. I'm going to go on the hook for 87 wins, uh, just because. All right. And and I would like to know something from you, Dan. In the last couple of days, and just not the veterans of hit camp, there was an article about Victor Martinez and uh, having hernia surgery. Right. Um, were you aware of that during the latter half of the season? No. I mean, we didn't find out about it until what? Right around Tiger Fest. Unbelievable. I mean, that he was having difficulty. Yeah, he hit three hundred and hit twenty what seven home runs. So correct. But but just from the standpoint of hitting a ball in the gap and, and barely making it to first base, right? Everybody was getting all. We figured um, it was his knees, and uh, well, it turned out it was something a little more serious than that. Absolutely, but uh, the way the article pretty much read was uh, he's totally healthy, and I guess he's been also working out in his new cattle ranch. In yeah, Florida the cattle ranch fascinated a, me. Yes, with yeah. a nice weight room. So hey. you know what? 
If he can take an extra base once in a while instead of never, uh, that'll be that'll be a plus. <laughs> but he's <laughs> going to be in the middle of the order, and he's going to hit 300 with some power, and uh, that's not a bad guy to have in the, in the middle of the order. I'll tell you that. Love it. Love it. Have a great spring. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks. Uh, two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. One of the things about the spring pad that I think you know fans are one of the more interesting parts. I think will be the WBC and how it affects spring games yeah. because these guys. I think the Tigers, including the minor leaguers, have as many as 13 to 15 players who will be participating in the WBC. Again, those are not all players from the Major League camp. But what that means is I think we'll get a look at some prospects, and as far as poorly rated as the Tigers' farm system is, there are still some intriguing players that we'll likely see, you would think, this spring, more so than if it wasn't a WBC spring because the Cabreras of the world are going to be gone with Victor Martinez and K-Rod and Sanchez for the WBC, and that means a lot more at-bats for some youngsters. And I'm kind of intrigued by seeing guys like Kristen Stewart, who we've talked about. I think Derek Hill is intriguing because of his speed. We're going to see a lot of Jacoby Jones. And then you might even see some of the young pitchers. I mean, Matt Manning might get an inning here or there just for the heck of it. Well, you'll see the top prospect. Bo Burles probably will get an inning or two here and there. I mean, they bring guys over from Tiger, the Tiger minor league. Well, Tiger's daily uh, basis just to give them – you know, an inning here, an at-bat there. Yeah, you have 15 guys. Grayson Griner is a guy who intrigues because he was Catcher. promising two years ago, had an off year last year. There are reasons behind that. you got uh, guys you know like Mark be, uh, Ecker, Brian yeah. Garcia drafted last year, power arms. So we're going to see some of these guys, and we'll get at least a taste of what's available in the minor leagues and what might be on the way, more so than most springs. Yeah, there's no question. I'd be interested to see Griner back there, you know, with Altuve. You know, be tall. Grinder's a six foot six catcher. Though. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the short umpire. Michael Gerber intrigues. Him. I know he's old for a prospect. He's twenty four, but he's got a bat. He's hit everywhere he's been. Yeah. And he's fairly athletic, so mm-hmm. those guys make it a lot of times. They got a lot of guys. You'll see a lot of them. You and Dan, or you and Jim, will be down there a lot with those scorecards and looking at minor league numbers. They got fifteen guys at WBC. So. Yeah, in the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings, your basic task. Calling a spring game is to figure out who's on the field. <laughs> and, uh, you know, by the way, Jimenez, hitting where, by the way? Right. <laughs> Jimenez is going to be pitching for Puerto Rico right. at that. So, you know, I mean, you're going to have some. If they're eliminated early, that means he comes back, obviously. But they're yeah. a pretty good squad. They sometimes advance pretty deep in that. So, But anyway, uh, we've got some ticket checks here. Love to hear Dan's voice on the radio again. Nothing sounds like baseball. Dan, the best time of the year is back. That's from Ticket Text, 97136. Guys, uh, do you, don't you think in this age of analytics calling a game is overrated skill? Get a catcher who can hit and run and coach him up. That's from Ticket Text, 97136. Uh, no, I don't believe it's overrated <laughs> analytics. No, Brad Ausmus believes it's the most important skill, which you don't hear really in evaluations of catchers. You think of receiving skills gets a lot of attention because it's measurable. You think of, obviously, the arm. Uh, those are the two biggies, blocking balls in the dirt, that athleticism behind the plate. You really don't hear, because it's not measurable, really, calling a game. And Brad Ausmus thinks it is by far, not even close, when you're ranking skills of a catcher, the number one skill in a catcher. That ability to call a pitch without thinking a whole lot, it just comes naturally after a certain number of years. Uh, it's from Ticket Tax 97136. Take your most optimistic 90-plus game. Uh, for the Tigers, then take away five to seven games because of the Osmus effect. 
They're just out. <laughs> even the case best scenario, it's from John uh, D. Hey, look, you know, even if you think Osmus is the worst manager in the world, manager does not have a five or seven game effect on. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think there are a few. I, I think Madden and Francona, probably more than your typical manager, do make a difference of a few more wins because of all they do, and the tone they set, right. and the and the way they have their teams play. I just there aren't many managers like that. I think those are two difference making managers because of. All that they do. But here's the bottom line. I mean, but you're right. I think most managers, I mean, he doesn't get outmanaged. Uh, he doesn't. He's really sharp. And I, I think Brad Austin is going to be around for a long time because he's really sharp and he's really prepared and he knows what he's doing. I'm not just saying that because I'm the Tiger broadcaster. You watch him day in and day out. This guy's really sharp. Well, I think Osmus is uh, a pretty good manager and I've defended him a lot. I think he's a calm hand at the wheel and it's about the clubhouse and the players respecting them more than anything else. But we'll take away all those different factors and just go to what we talk about, the analytics. Um, they've tried, you know, Bill James, others have tried to come up with ways to define the effect of a manager. Mm-hmm. They're more an intangible thing than anything else. Um, so, you know, to think it would be five or seven games is, you know, in my opinion, ridiculous. And the other factor is, Madden and Terry Francona, yeah, they've had some pretty darn good teams lately, but they've had some bad teams too. Sure. And uh, so it depends on what your players are like, whether you know, there's a number of different factors that are just simply out of a manager's hands. They're, they're not as impactful as a football coach, for example, and others. I hate to say that to fans because they really like to blame it, but we appreciate it because usually we don't hear anything about Brad this time of the year, but once the season starts, <laughs> that's all we ever hear about. Brad, Brad, Brad. But anyway, coming up next, we'll be joined by Tiger's second baseman, Ian Kinsler. This is Tiger Talk, a 97 won the ticket. Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and Tam Dickerson on Tiger's Radio, 97 won the ticket. Tiger Talk 97 won the ticket. It's great to be here. And uh, spring training has uh, begun down in Winning us now is the uh, Gold Glove Award winning. Fi- Finally. Joining us now <laughs> is the Gold Glove Award winning uh, Tiger's second baseman. Sounds good. That's uh, Ian Kinsler. How are you, Ian? I'm doing good. How are you guys doing? Good, Ian. Good to hear your voice. Good to get this thing started, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's always nice to get to get down to Florida and get in some nice weather and get on the field and start taking some ground balls and swinging swinging live and BP. It's always nice. Yeah, you know, we talked about the the Gold Glove. You played uh, outstanding defense for a number of years. Uh, people rave about all the runs uh, that you saved. But how do you feel now that you you actually got the award? Uh, uh, did you feel like a Gold Glover before that? No, I didn't. because you didn't have one (laughs) yeah exactly um you know there's a lot of there's a lot of good second basemen in the league a lot of guys that are really good on the defensive side of the ball and um you know it's a tough award to win so to be able to win one was uh you know it was gratifying and put a lot of hard work into it so it was it was it was a nice award to win just to give people a feel, we look at defensive runs saved, and I know you're, you're aware of some of the, the other advanced metrics, Ian, for fielding. But in the last three years, you have, in the defensive runs saved category, you are plus 51. The next closest in Major League Baseball is Dustin Pedroia, plus 26. Just to give fans a feel for this is something you easily could have won before. The consistency, though, and Ian, you really do work hard. I know the off season, especially as you hit your early 30s, 
you really put in a lot of work to make sure that you can play at that level at a very demanding position. Yeah, I think um, really it comes down to just getting to balls, just getting to baseballs and and making sure that my range stays where I want it to. You know, um, if I, I feel like if I can get to the ball, I can make a play. So, uh, sorry, I was meeting dinner with Justin Upton right now. He, he just <laughs> left me. Um, but anyway, yeah, I, I think if I can just if I can just get to the baseball, I have a chance to, to make the out. So really, all I, all I concentrate on is, is my agility and and speed moving to my left and to my right, and that's something that I concentrate on. Something that I work really hard on, and um, you know, something that I want to maintain through through the rest of my career. You know, Justin, uh, coming into this year, there was a lot of speculation. We've got Ian on the phone. Justin 30, just left. Oh, yeah, Justin left. Sorry, I had a little, <laughs> brain, <laughs> little, little brain problem there. That was my fault. I apologize. Um, give me the error on that one. E me. But um, uh, in, the, in the situation with the team, they, they kept the team together, to make a long story short there. And uh, I know you, know, you got a call from Al Avila, the general manager, talking about the availability. They're very open and honest with you. But now that it's all said and done, are you glad it's all together here? And there is a lot of optimism here in Detroit about the uh, team this coming season. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, I mean, I'm not upset about it. Um, <laughs> you know, if I have a choice of being, being uh, upset or, or happy, I'm definitely happy that the team's still together and we have a chance to win. We have a bunch of talent on this team. Um, and really it just comes down to us. It comes down to us putting it together and, and playing for each other and putting together a good season, uh, staying on the field, doing what you can to stay healthy and uh, winning as many games as possible. You never know with this with this game of baseball. It's, it's uh, very unusual. So, you know, hopefully this year is, is the year that we can put it all together. Ian, I think of your comments that last day in Atlanta. You were optimistic about the future if the team was kept together because of the talent on the team. But you said, hey, we didn't reach the postseason. We still have some work work to do if, if all this core comes back. What, what are some of the things you look at? that? You, I mean, especially because this is the time of year when you're working on things to get better, not yourself necessarily, but the team. What are some of the things that you would point to or some of the things that you would like to see this team get better with the talent that it has coming back from last year? You didn't even mention the injuries, and, and the injuries clearly were a part of it, but what were some of the other things you would like to see this team get better at? Yeah, I think injuries are just part of baseball and part of sports in general. You, you have to learn how to deal with those things. I think every team deals with injuries. So, um, you know, that's why I really don't like to to say too much about it. We did lose some significant pieces last year for for – a good amount of time, but um, you have to be able to move on from those things. I think, you know, as a, as a club, we just need to do little things correctly and make sure that we play good defense behind our pitchers, um, try to turn everything that we can into and out, and, you know, move guys over, drive guys in when we have the opportunity, you know, uh, scratch and claw when, when, when you can and and fight for every run. I think um, – we our pitching staff is is better than than a lot of people think, and you know we're, I think we're going to have a really good opportunity to win a lot of games. Uh, Ian, Ian, talking about uh, you know the different uh, situation with the team, I thought one of the improvements that came last year was from uh, your partner, your double play partner, Jose Iglesias. He had a pretty good year defensively. Uh, a lot of you know, talk you were talking about the advanced metrics. He improved a, a great deal in that area. It's always been a a talented fielder, but he seems to be coming 
little more fundamentally sound and consistent. Can you talk a little bit about him and uh, his progress? Yeah, he's um, he's he's really learning how to how to stick with fundamentals and make sure that he makes the play um, the plays that he's supposed to make, and then also the highlight plays that everybody knows he's capable of. You know, he's one of the most talented talented guys I've ever seen with with his hand and with with his hands and with his glove. And um, if he can if he can learn how to make the plays that are in front of them, just simplify everything. You know, he's just going to continue to get better. I think he was really close to winning a Gold Glove last year, and, and there should be there should be um, you know a lot in his future. One of the things that makes you optimistic about this team, if you're a Tiger fan, I think, is the young pitching that the Tigers have. Just from your perspective, Ian, give give <clears throat> Tigers fans a feel for how you look at this rotation and the possibilities, especially if Zimmerman is healthy with Norris added Norris and Boyd, maybe a full season added to former Verlander Zimmerman. Well, I think people forget we have seven we have seven starters, um, and going into a season to be able to have that kind of depth with seven big league starters is, is a great luxury to have. I think every team is always looking for that that depth because, um, like we've already talked about, injuries are just part of the game. You know, you play 162 games and and things are going to happen. Um, you know, it's a long season. People think we're we're computers and we should never get hurt, but you know, we've been we've been working for you know a lot of time, and, and guys get hurt. So to be able to have those seven stars with with Pelfrey and Sanchez, Boyd, Norris, Zimmerman, Fulmer, uh, Verlander, I think that's what I'm excited about is is not missing a start. Um, you know, with a guy that that maybe was was relieving, or a guy that was uh, bouncing back and forth from relieving and starting in AAA. You know, we have. We have seven starters that are capable of winning us a game in the big league, so uh, I'm, I'm excited about that. And then, obviously, you got your three your three big big horses at the top. So I think our rotation is, is set. Ian, enjoy the conversation. Good luck to you the coming season. Uh, the season uh, with the preseason or exhibition season starts on Friday. So good luck to you. All right, guys. Thanks All right, Ian. Thank you. Thanks. All right, Dan. See you. That was uh, Ian Kinsler. Tiger's second baseman. Enjoyed it, Dan. This was a lot of fun to do. Always a lot of fun. Good point that he just made there about having seven starters. Whatever you think of Sanchez and Pelfrey, that's why they will probably be on the opening day roster for that depth. Because if they're both gone, then you don't have quite that depth. Pat, I love doing this show with you. Enjoy the conversation with the fans. First game coming up, our first broadcast on Friday. Yeah, uh, our coverage started about 1240 that day, so we're looking forward to that as always. Uh, They take on the Orioles that day from Joker Marching Stadium. Coming up next. From one broadcasting legend to another, Ken Cal being here. It's Inside Hockey Town coming up next here on 97.1 The Ticket. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.